Hey, what's up to the point listeners? Guess what is coming up on February 10th, 2022? Rhino X. The second time we've had the event. The most exclusive home services event of the year. Our keynote speakers are industry legends. There's five of them. Mr. Ken Goodrich, CEO of Gettle. Mr. Ken Haynes, CEO of Wrench Group. Leland Smith from Service Champions. Those three are coming back, but we have a couple additions. Mr. Dave Geiger, the beast from the Northeast, is coming in from Horizon. Um, And also Mr. Terry Nicholson from Praxis S10. It is going to be a lineup like no other. The best of the best in the same room. Now stay tuned because we're only allowing 50 guests at this event and registration will open out sometime in the middle of this month. So you got to pay attention to the page. But we're also going to have two headline speakers to be announced later. One during the day, one during the night. Enjoy. This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What is up to the point listeners? It's your boy, Chris Yano. To the point home services podcast host along with my co-host who's hey, looking a little red there, buddy. Mr. Tall Paul, how you feeling? Well, thank you. Um, if Chris is your boy, then I'm your man. I can't believe I've never said that after 85 Actually, episodes, but you're right. That's pretty I good. am hyped pretty up on Benadryl and coffee. I crossed the three o'clock Eastern time coffee barrier, which means I'm going to be up late. So please send me some messages. I'll need to engage. So late for tall Paul, by the way, guys, it's like 830. 845. Thank you. Hey, Chris, it's uh, it's football season pretty soon. I guess this week is things are kicking off. How are you feeling about the Cardinals? Um, I was excited till Malcolm Butler just announced his retirement. So now we're struggling in the cornerback section. And you know what? No big deal. Play Tennessee Titans first round. They got what Julio or first game Julio Jones. I mean they got a decent little lineup over there. So I'm flying into Tennessee into Nashville for the game. So I'm super excited oh. about that. But I love football season. It's my favorite time of year. Good man. I am trying to get I've loved football, but I've just fallen, I guess, off the NFL wagon. But this year I committed, man. I'm I'm gonna follow the Panthers through and through. So I'm excited. Oh, well, that's cute. That's really You know cool. they they play Arizona on a Sunday in November and um it's a really easy flight, just saying. Uh for you? Yeah. Perfect. Go ahead and book it. Okay. Let's get to it. Let's get seats. to it. Let's get to the point. Um, listen, I'm excited as always for our guests that come on. Um, and today's a little bit different. And I, I, I feel like we, I love, we get to say that because we have enough yeah. different guests and different scenarios that we get to say it's a little bit different, but kind of the same. And it's kind of like you saying, Oh man, I'm super excited about this episode. Every episode, every episode, <laughs> game changer. Okay. So we have our guest on and, uh, and actually I just met him, uh, beginning of last year. I think it was, is that right, TJ? Yeah, right around yep. the beginning of last year, obviously when COVID hit too, we did some virtual happy hours and stuff together, which was cool. We kind of got to know each other a little bit that way. Um, but today, he sits in a seat at Rhino, and he is now our director of coaching and training. Welcome, Mr. TJ Hart. Now, TJ, welcome, brother. Welcome. Hey, man. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Dude, that's right up your alley, that song, too, because I know you're a big Phillies fan. 
huge Phillies fan, and they play that at all our games. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. They play that all, don't they play that at like all baseball games? They probably do, but you know, it still brings good memories being in Citizens Bank Park watching the boys play. And we'll see what happens, man. Seven game win streak right now, and uh, things are going well. So hopefully, they can keep it rolling. Hey, fun fact: I was at the first game at the new stadium. I think you and I had that conversation. I just happened to be in town. Yeah. And uh, I went to the game. So, anyway, so we were we were both there. How about that? I'll be damned. Hey, congrats on the new gig. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Super, super, super exciting. Well, and what's cool is that, man. Like, and I won't share it on air, but there's a lot of big companies that were trying to get DJ to come and join them. So you just did. Um, and now he is, uh, you know, he's a rhino, and we're excited because it helps close us, you know, close the loop, you know, from a uh, even though for those might be listening for the first time. I'm the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company for the trade since 2008. So we are uh, pretty much badasses at lead generation. However, even though we listen to every single phone call that comes through, we hear the CSRs, how they perform. We're only as good as the person that's answering that phone and booking the call. So a way for we could close the loop we've been thinking about doing for years is bring the right guy in who can not only help with CSR training, but also just regular, regular business training, who's been in the industry a long time, who's highly regarded. So, so we were excited that Tom um, was an option, and uh, we're calling him TJ. And so now it's TJ from here on out, and he is now on Team Rhino. We're super stoked to have you. So, hey, man, um, I'm excited for you to actually do some training on this podcast because um, this is something that you can never get enough of, regardless of what size of company you are. Um, and as I just found out pre-podcast, apparently it's just home services in general. So it's not just HVAC, plumbing, electrical, garage doors, roofing, whatever you want to call it. It's everything. So anyhow, some yep. basics that we'll go through, but I'm excited to have you on and let's do this right out of the gate. Okay. Let's go ahead and, um, and just let the listeners know a little bit of your background, your history, um, and how you got in the trades. And then we'll get into some more of the technical and specific questions. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, you know, there, there, there's the old adage of like, hey, what do you want to be when you when you grow up, right? And so for me, you know, I wanted to be one of a couple of things, right? I either want to be a race car driver like my two older brothers, um, or I wanted to be a mechanic like my dad. Tall Paul um, wanted to be a nail tech. That's right. <laughs> or I wanted to be an astronomer, right? I really like that aspect of science. And so cool. you start getting older and you get to the point where like you got to start figuring out what it is you're going to do. So turns out I choose I'm going to go to college to become an elementary school teacher. And as I'm getting ready to do that, I'm like, man, I really want something to fall back on, though. Um, you know, what, just in case. That's I, what you studied, right? You went to Temple, and that's what you yep. studied was education, right? That's correct. I got it. Go out. And so my uh, my dad said, hey, man, you, you got to learn a trade, son. And I was like, all right, perfect. I'm going to be a mechanic like you. And he says, if you do that, I'm going to break both your arms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as all loving fathers would say, sure. right? Um, but he just saw a lot of the changes coming in the automotive industry and didn't want me to be a part of that. Um, so our next door neighbor actually worked for a local, uh, home heating and cooling company that delivered uh, home heating oil as well. And he said, Hey, good talk to Mr. Whalen. So, you know, went next door, talked to him. He said, Hey, my, my brother's the service manager at work. So come in and talk. So I think I was 17 at the time, uh, go in. And I said, hey, I don't know anything about any of this stuff that y'all do, but I want to learn a trade. And so I'll promise you this. I'll be here every day on time and I'll work harder than anybody else you have. But I got to learn all this stuff. And he goes, all right, come in tomorrow. Like it was nice. it was just that. And so I uh, started as an oil burner apprentice, kind of worked my way up through the trade through the years. Um, and just was really fortunate enough to be 
you know, a service tech, an installer. Uh, I did sales, got into the management side, um, owned my own business, sold that, then moved back into the management side just because I, I was premature in owning, right? I don't know how many people can maybe relate to that, but I owned the first business long before I had any business owning a business. Got it. And uh, just wasn't prepared properly for it, but it made me a fantastic employee and a, and a really good manager. Um, and so kind of spread my wings as a manager and helped grow a couple of larger companies here in the Northeast. And did that up until about 2015 when I made the transition over to the coaching side. And this is where I've been ever since. Dude, I love it. Hey, real quick. Um, you made me think of something. I love your confidence. <laughs> that's something that I've always, I've appreciated about as I've gotten to know you is your confidence, but it seems like that stemmed clear back to when you're like, Hey, Hey, I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to be the best employee you got. I'm going to work harder than anybody else. I love that. Now, it's just the way my dad brought me up, you know? So now let me back up just a second too, because if I, and I, I think I read this right. And you and I have never talked about this. I know that you race cars and I race cars. Like, so we had like the racing, uh, you know, common bond there, but were you also a wrestler? I was. See? Goodness gracious, guys. I'm I'm Woo! taking a break. I'll be back in 15. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's yep. We get it yep. done. Yep. All My right. alma mater, North Penn High School here in Lansdale, PA. Yep. Um, what weight class yeah, was to great. wrestle? What weight class to wrestle? That's a personal so, question, Chris. No, it's not no man. It's there. cool. The wrestlers are cool. There. So believe Chris it or not, uh, in ninth grade, I was 130 and then moved up to 160, and that's where I kind of finished. Um and I only wrestled through to my junior year just due to injuries and schedule and all those types of things. I get but, it. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I was a little guy. We'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> um, anyhow, okay, great. Listen, I just uh, there's another commonality, so um, I can respect that. God, I love whenever I like wrestlers are just a different breed a little bit. So shout out to all my wrestling <laughs> or all the wrestlers that are listening to this podcast. I know we have quite a few. Um, speaking of wrestlers, I was just talking to Jens Pulver this morning too. I'm not going to tell you why, Paul. I know let's go. Okay, Paul, I'll tell you what, you want to go ahead and kick uh, off some of the questions since I've been talking a lot already. Yeah. I want, I want to get to some of the questions, but I want to hear about your transition from, you know, obviously owner to manager to coaching, what led the transition to coaching and then talk to me about like your philosophy on coaching. And then we'll get into all the differences between coaching, training, consulting and all that. That's good, Paul. See, I like, this is why you're on here. You're so, you're hey, so thoughtful on your question. I survive another week. It's like Survivor. <laughs> I find out every Wednesday morning if I made the cut. Naked and afraid. Get a Zoom link. Don't get a Zoom link. I got one. So, today. honestly, I think it's one of those things where as we grow and evolve as, as an individual, um, different things start to become really important to you. And so, for me, something that really became important to me that became a focus was wanting to leave an impact on this industry for all that it's done for my family and I. And wanting to serve others at a bigger scale than what I could do just at one location. Um, so I initially came over to the coaching and training side um, under the uh, IAQ umbrella on the indoor air quality side of things. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that I've put a lot of time, effort and energy into learning. Um, so that's initially where I was. And then what I realized was, holy cow, when I'm meeting with folks, like there's a lot more things that I can help with. But nobody wants the filter guy telling them about their KPIs. So Welcome I had to world. kind of look right. and go, hey, how do I shift this, right? How do I, how do, I do something a little bit different so that I can really be, um, I'm going to say, in the niche that I was born for, right? I, I, I've said it many times. When I'm coaching and training, when I'm with somebody, when I'm serving others, whether it's virtually, live, 
ride-alongs, whatever it might be, when I am serving others, like I am as happy as I can possibly be. It it is my favorite thing to do, bar none. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's who you are. I mean, I picked up on that really quick, but that was another one of the qualities that I thought was good about you is your legit passion and love for the industry matched mine. Now yeah, I want to. Oh, go ahead, please. Sorry. No, it's just it's a great trade, and so anything that we can do to help, man, it's rising tide raises all ships. So up. I want to zoom out and kind of look at the landscape of the industry as it relates to coaches and consulting and best practice groups. Like, who else is out there, and how is your approach different, the same, better? Like, what's the if I'm a if I'm a contractor today? There's so many people out there that so can do this. So many. Good. Tell me about, tell me, give me your macro view of the coaching world and where do you fit into that? Um, right now in one word, I'd say flooded, um, yeah. <laughs> which is appropriate as Ida's coming through in Pennsylvania here right now and <laughs> wreaking <laughs> havoc on us. But uh, I would say flooded. I would say there's no shortage of choices. Um, but it, it, it does appear to me, if I'm being completely transparent, that a lot of folks are afraid to to commit to who they are. And so there's a lot of folks that, uh, that if you look at the different groups or trades or, or whatever, that there's just a lot of similarities, right? Everybody's going to do things the same. And so I don't really subscribe to that. Um, I subscribe to, there's only one Tom and everybody else is taken. So I'm just going to be really good at being Tom and, uh, and roll or, or TJ, right. I got to get used to that too. Right. I've been yeah, TJ this, since I was a little kid dude, to friends I, and family. This is a rebrand, right? This, this is, is a, rebrand. this is the official role. Did you go to Dan Antonelli for this rebrand or is this one done <laughs> in house? I did not, but I'm sure Dan's going to come up with some type of caricature now that that's TJ, not Tom, right. Dan's um, going to send you an invoice and like some random <laughs> screenshot of a trademark. He's like, bro, I called you TJ back in 2015. <laughs> baby, yeah. baby. Here's my Venmo. Yeah. So, but I mean, look, here's the thing. All, everyone that I've come across in the coaching and training world, they all bring value. Like they all bring a tremendous amount of value. It's at the end of the day, it's about gaining a perspective that you don't have because you're stuck in the day to day. And, you know, the whole forest through the trees scenario, when you're the one in the day to day grind and, and, and really doing everything you can to make things right. Like there's a certain perspective that you just can't have. I include myself in that when I was in the operational side, there's things you miss. And so I had coaches, right? So, um, from that side of things, I think that's the value of a coach. I think one of the most important things I see a lot of times folks asking on, uh, social media, like, Hey, what coaching group, what? And I pause because the fact of the matter is who works for one person is not necessarily going to work for another personality matters, belief system matters, past experiences matter. Mm -hmm. And, and if you go with a, a specific group or a specific coach that maybe doesn't share some of those things with you, you're going to find yourself conflicted with, do I change who I believe myself to be? Or do I keep moving forward? And then you get that dissonance, right? And, and, and that's never a healthy place to be and it never goes well. So I would say talk to quite a few folks and, and, and come up with whoever it is that you connect with the best that shares core beliefs, that, that shares a vision, um, and more importantly is willing to be a partner rather than just somebody who talks to you once a month. Yeah. Now you mentioned, you know, some coaches – fail to commit to who they are. Who are you 
right? And how does that play out when you're in a one-on-one coaching session with a client over a period of time or in one interaction? Yep. Um, so I'm naturally an empath. So I have to, I have to be careful of that, right? One of the things that it's a really, really good quality, but it can also be dangerous because you, you care too much too quickly. He's a failure. Um, uh, yeah, but I've managed to overcome it from a standpoint of like, I don't care how I feel about it. What does the data tell me? Mm-hmm. Right. So I've gotten to be really a big fan of math, right? Because it removes the emotion from decision-making um, in business. And so I like going after data and things like that. But most importantly to me is really to spend time building a relationship with clients to get to know about their business, about their teams, about what they offer, what they don't offer, why Um, that behind the scene thing. Because if I come at it just from a, I'll say a best practices scenario, there's a better than average chance. I'm going to miss the mark on what they're looking for. So I've really got to take the time to get to know them, to get to understand them. Um, and to find out what's important to them. And then, yeah, we do basic stuff, right? I'm going to do a financial review, uh, 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 P&L, income statement, um, balance sheet. Uh, we're going to look at billable hour. We're going to, you know, we're going to do a lot of those standard things in the beginning to get a baseline. But the part that we're not going to skip over is the relationship. I love it. Yeah, because like we've heard before, too, what gets measured gets managed and you got to have some sort of a foundation to build from to manage to some sort of expectation. I um, just want to go on the record and say that um, since we're talking about, there's lots of coaches and consultants and training. And by the way, like I think there's a lot of options to pick and choose from. And I'm supportive of any of them that are, that their intent is good. Right. And that's to help move a contractor forward. And they're using whatever their skill set is, their influence, their, you know, history, whatever. I'm a fan. I love to see all of them come out of the woodwork. Um, and I always base everything on what do my customers say about X, Y, Z. So what I loved about this piece of it and bringing you on board is one, your skill set, but, um, I'm also a super empathetic guy. Um, I'm a, I am a feeler, but I still look at data and analytics to support all, you know, decision-making. And there's plenty of times where I make a, uh, you know, I make a gut decision, but I believe gut comes from, you know, past experience, things like that. But I want to, um, I want to ask this question because, there is a difference here, and I want to make sure our listeners are are catching this. Um, but what is the difference between coaching and training versus consulting? Oh, great question. Um, so I guess if I were to sum it up uh, as quickly or as neatly as I could, it would be this. Consulting is typically where somebody comes in and sort of mind dumps on people everything that they've got for knowledge, right? They come in and they share, like, this is what I know. Here's the information. And it's typically looked at as like, here, here's how you should do it. Right. It's one way it's, this is the right way. Everything else is wrong. Okay. Um, versus coaching and training. You know, it's a, it's one of those things where, you know, with coaching and training, um, you've got to learn to ask the right questions and, you know, use one of the seven habits of seek first to understand before, seeking to be understood. Right. And so one of the things with coaching and training that I think is pretty important is asking enough questions to help somebody find the answer for themselves. I don't want to necessarily give anybody a fish. I want to teach them to fish. And if you remove a coach from an equation, 
people should still be able to perform. If you remove a consultant from an equation, that skill set typically is not there anymore. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because Chris and I have been through a coaching session together and the person who facilitated it, shout out Keith Mercurio, didn't say one thing. He only asked questions the entire time, right? And it's interesting because, you know, people say they want coaching. This is unrelated to Keith, but coaching kind of hurts, right? I think back to some of my, um, you know, my wrestling days, just kidding, <laughs> yeah, basketball. Right. <laughs> and I remember my coaches, you know, there's a lot of expectations when you're a six, eight, seventh grader. Right. And, um, I remember coaches giving me direction or redirection and I'd say, my bad, my bad, my bad, because it hurts so bad to have someone correct you. Right. And I look back on it like, man, if I would have just listened and applied and learned and applied and learned. So what are some of the like common things you run into with owners who either say they want coaching or don't know they need, need coaching? Like, what are you looking for? What, what should contractors, what, what are the indicators that they should be aware of that, that think about that they need coaching? Sorry, that was a long winded. Hold on. You see what you just did, Paul? You just no, said, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just keep See? Oh yeah. See? Stop doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Uh, see, no, this to. right now, he's so proud because Paul and I did like an hour and 45 minute. Um, I'm using air quotes podcast that will probably never make it to air uh, with Keith Mercurio, but don't do that stuff. That's right. You are, you are capable. You are good. I own it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, TJ carry on. So first gotta go on the record <laughs> and just say Keith Mercurio, one of my all time favorite coaches. Um, been very influential in my career and I, I'm super appreciative to the interactions that I've had with him over the course of time. Um, I didn't really, really him. like that guy. <laughs> I didn't even oh yeah, him. no, he's a, he's an awesome guy and uh, I'm super, super appreciative for the interactions I've had with him. Um, but to answer your question on what should they look for, a good indicator that you need a coach is that you own a business. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That's, that's everybody a needs a coach. Well, then you obviously, uh, to go deeper, you have to be able to identify where and, you know, where and maybe and prioritize. A hundred percent. And so, there, you know, there's two different types of leaders, right? There's leaders that surround themselves with people that are similar to them. And then there's leaders that surround themselves with folks that complement them and bring things that they don't have uh, strengths in. I think a coach is a lot the same way. Um, you, you, certain people are going to want a coach that that thinks like they do, that, that has a lot of similar strengths or whatnot to kind of um, uh, mastermind with, if you will. And then others are really going to want a coach that, that pushes them and, and makes them think differently. And so, that's where the whole interviewing of the coaches comes in, where you're really looking to see who you have that connection with. But to your point, Paul, it does hurt. Like, I'll say this openly. I've been fired as a coach one time. And the client told me that they were firing me because I hurt their feelings. <laughs> and I get it. that doesn't feel good, <laughs> right? I certainly 
and never aim to hurt somebody's feelings. But at the end of the day, if me telling you the truth hurts your feelings, it probably should. I like it. All right. Let's, let's talk about departmental coaching. So I think we're kind of naturally going down the path of talking about business owner coaching, but let's talk about a business owner who is perfect. Doesn't need anything for himself or the macro business, but an apartment struggling, like let's say CSRs. Why do you do CSR coaching? What does it look like? Why is it set up the way it is? Because I believe that the CSRs are the number one profit center in a business. It's where the most profit is made or lost. Um, now that I'm here and learning more about the digital marketing side than I ever thought I would ever want to know, I, I will share this. It's, it's even more obvious to me the need because companies are spending tens of thousands of dollars marketing to try and get their brand out there, to try and get people to say hello, to get the ability to introduce themselves to them. And then we're having people answer the phones and we're not training them. Right. And then they're like, Hey, I got to spend more in marketing. No, you really don't. <laughs> what you want to do is look at some of marketing funds. If you need to, if you can't justify the, the training in another way, then consider it a marketing fund and start training your CSRs to be able to maximize the opportunities that are happening. When the phone does ring, when the, when the internet lead comes through, when the chat lead comes through, whatever it might be, how do we handle that in a way that is welcoming, that's memorable, that leads the next person in line to have the ability to be more successful, right? Because I can book a call, but even though I booked the call because of the need, I can leave that homeowner feeling like, well, I've got an appointment, but that wasn't fun. Or I can book the call and have the homeowner being like, that was an amazing experience. I can't wait to see what the technician does when they get here. Or I can't wait to meet the comfort advisor when they get here or whoever it might be. So you're really, you're setting the stage for the business. And so I believe that CSRs should be well paid. I, I, I firmly believe in, in performance-based pay for CSRs. Um, but I believe that they should be coached and trained. And I believe that they should be coached and trained in no less than a group of two. I've seen many, many, many places where they get coached one-on-one. -on -one, and I have a genuine challenge with that. And this might be a limiting belief for Tom, but I I'm going to tell you that okay. my limiting belief is when you take the training out of that, there's nobody left for accountability in the day-to-day. -day. Ah, I see. Okay. So well, now they're holding each so, other accountable. That's why you minimum two. Minimum two, because I want to at least – either two CSRs or a CSR and a leader or whatever it might be. But I would like it so that when I get removed from that relationship through the other days of the week that we're not coaching, there's someone else there that knows how things should look, feel, and sound and can hold accountable in a, in a loving manner of how things ought to be going versus, Oh yeah, Tom said that, but it was no big deal. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, TJ told me this, but, he said, I don't have to worry about it too much. It's like, no, no, that's not what TJ said. Um, and I've had enough coaching over the course of time with CSRs when I was doing one-on-one -on -one where we played the TJ said game. <laughs> and, and I have learned that I'm going to protect everybody involved from the, the TJ said, right? No, that's not what he said. Got it. I'm going to chime in for just a second. Hold on, Paul. Yeah. Hold that thought. It. Hold that thought. So, um, I love that we're talking about CSR training because, uh, actually I know you, both you guys know this, 
back in the day, I've, we're always trying to solve problems. So even though we're a digital marketing company, you know, we're bringing in leads. You're right. Like no matter what money we're both spending, the time, the effort, everything we're putting into it to get them to contact a customer to do business, the buck stops at that CSR. If they suck, if they suck, we're in trouble. Like, <laughs> I heard you say that <clears throat> yeah. 4,000 times. I mean, so, well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So we, at one point in time, because, excuse me, because we're listening to every single call, we hear the after hours answering services as well, taking the calls. And that really makes me want to put my head through a wall. Um, it's painful to listen to these. The best thing you can do when trying to find an after hours answering service is find the one that sucks the least. Um, and that sucks. That's the answer, but that's kind of what it is. But yeah. you, your organization does not have to suck. Everybody kind of puts it at this low um, hourly rate number on a CSR. And by God, they're the mo- they're one of the most important roles because you can't, all the training, all the coaching, all this shit doesn't mean anything if you can't get to do the damn job, you have to be able to make money. So I think that uh, when that phone rings and the CSR picks it up, you only get one shot. Producer Ryan is on so fire. Ladies and gentlemen, money. Producer, producer Ryan. Ryan in the house. But that's exactly what it is, right? Like that particular clip is so spot on. You got that one, like what they yeah. say, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. You got to be on it. You got to be happy. You got to understand how to overcome objections. And it's not, you know, people get it wrong. And this is where it worked out so well for us is that because we listen to every phone call, you know, even though we didn't offer coaching at the time, like we do now through TJ, we can un- you can recognize the tone of how somebody handles a call, which mm-hmm. absolutely matters. Um, if it's misinformation, if they're putting on somebody on hold for five minutes or three minutes or whatever. So all these things we're catching that we can now close the loop on with TJ is the yeah. stuff that you've experienced for through you know for a long time. Yeah, I'm a million percent. <laughs> And TJ, you dropped the breadcrumb earlier, and I want to come back to it. You mentioned that CSR should be paid well, and they should have performance-based pay. So a couple questions there. Um, how many companies do you talk to that have performance-based pay for CERs? And then what does performance pay look like? What should they expect to pay their employees, and for what behaviors are they measuring? Did you say CERs? Maybe. He did. What it's he, all right. Remember, he had Benadryl and coffee? I am. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. Producer Kyle. Oh my gosh. Oh Producer my Ryan. God. Paul's Edit done. that out. Paul's Edit done. That. Goodbye. Good night now. <laughs> hey, TJ, go ahead and sure. carry on before Paul embarrasses himself anymore. <laughs> um, coaching. So unfortunately the answer uh, really, Paul, is, is not very many, right? I would say the large majority of companies do not have performance-based pay for their CSR team. For their, And for those of us, just don't take advantage of the fact that everybody should know customer service representative. It's the people answering your phone. Um, and so not a lot of folks, um, it's growing, right? There's more people that are coming as far as what behaviors, that's a company decision, right? We could focus on things like booking rate. We could focus on outbound sales. We could focus on membership sales. Um, we can focus on hold time. There's, there's a multitude of things that, that we could choose to focus on and, um, incentivize. It's, it's a company decision based on what the needs are, how you want to do it. And then I highly recommend getting with somebody to make sure that it's compliant in your state for how you're paying, right? Um, to get it reviewed by somebody that has that knowledge and skill set. So um, that's something else that, that can't really be overlooked. So CER is chief executive receptionist. So shout out to all my owner operators out there holding it down and doing the hard job. 
<laughs> All right, TJ, talk to me about your, it sounds like you've got a set of core principles that you would apply to CSRs or CERs. Um, what, what are those principles? <laughs> so it really is it, one thing is the single most important thing they can do is they can answer the phone. So it doesn't matter what else you're doing because most companies that I come in contact with, the CSRs have ancillary duties, right? So they might be helping with uh, filing coupons or invoices or filling tech packets or whatever it might be. But when that phone rings, the single most important thing that you can do is you can go ahead. If you're really, really wise, you have a mirror at your workstation. And so you're going to look at the mirror and make sure that you look pleasant, right? Uh, because you can hear a smile. You can hear a smile. And I, I, I think back to like my days in, in, in the early time when I had to do calling that I didn't necessarily want to do or to the days that I did insurance and investments for a period to make extra money. And they used to tell us we had a smile and dial, right? Dial for dollars. Um, and so we would do that, but we had mirrors at our workstations. And so one of the things that, uh, that we decided we're going to do is, you know, we're going to brand a mirror and make sure that, that everybody that we're coaching gets a mirror um, to look at, but you're going to look in the mirror. You're going to make sure you're smiling. You're going to pick up the phone and you're going to come up with some form of a memorable um, greeting. It's something that should make somebody go, hmm, that's different in a good way. Not like hmm, that was different. Right. Um, and make them feel important. And you're just going to roll through and your number one focus while you're on that call is to serve that person at the highest level that you can and end the call with now the next person in line at your organization having the opportunity to go serve them as well, right? And so from a principal standpoint, service first, right? So, you know, I, I just, one of the cool things that right on here is we, we have education requirements. So every month we have to do something for education. And so this month I picked um, uh, a YouTube video where um, it was a, uh, a specific um professor that was talking about emotional intelligence and so one of the things that that we really want to look for in a csr is someone who has a servant's heart someone that that has um that empathy factor right not sympathy but empathy um because we answer hundreds of phone calls in the course of our career thousands in most cases that homeowner might only make an emergency phone call like they're making to you two or three times in their life. Yeah. And so you've got to remove the numbness that you have because you've done it so many times and, and be able to understand where they're coming from and think about, well, if this were me and I was having this sort of emergency, what would I want to hear and how would I want to be taken care of? Um, and then you've got to go ahead and do that. So I would say empathy is a, is a core principle. Can you teach um, that? I don't or... think you can teach it. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. Can you teach it, or do you ever do you ever do a coaching session with the CSR and then call the executive and say, "She, he, they're not going to work." So I'll challenge both of you. I believe you can teach it. Okay, I'm listening. Um, I believe that it's something that you have to. Everybody's aware of it, but some people it hasn't been unlocked yet. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, and this example, hopefully I don't get in trouble at home here for, but the example I'll give is my daughter, right? One of my daughters. I won't name which one. That'll keep me out of some trouble. She um, doesn't listen anyway. But I, have, but I have four daughters. No, but my wife will. <laughs> so so I, have, I have four daughters. Um, and one of them we recognized when she was a little bit younger um, 
was just kind of blind to how things affected other people. And so we would start to gently point it out. And then what I noticed was you could almost see when she was about to do something that was going to impact somebody in a way and she had no idea about it. And I would just pull her aside and I'd say, hey, I see what you're about to do. Go ahead and do what you want to do. But here's what I want you to pay attention to. Pay attention to how this affects this person or that person or what the outcome is. I don't have to have those conversations with her anymore. And it's not so much that she's more concerned about how something will affect somebody else than she is about herself. She just simply has an awareness now that everything that she does, does impact others around her. And I believe you can have those conversations and it's not an overnight thing. It takes a little bit of time, but you can unlock the ability to be empathetic in other folks. Will they be natural empaths? No, not, not going to happen. But do they have the ability to understand and display empathy? Yes. Um, Paul, to your second question about, do I ever call the owner and say, hey, the answer is yes. Um, but it's not until I've had a really frank conversation with the individual, right? Mm-hmm. Because what I will never do is break the trust in the relationship that I have with the people that I coach. Yeah. Um, so they need to know that I'm someone that they can trust. That's not going to go behind their back and, say one thing to them and something to somebody else, um, we will have a very transparent conversation. And then if we get to a place where we're at an impasse, I'm going to have that conversation with them and understand kind of where they're at and where they're coming from. Because here's the thing, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not the right person for your team. It might just mean they're not in the right seat. Right? Because if I have somebody that's not overly empathetic and that maybe is a little bit more rough, boy, that's, that's the recipe for a fantastic dispatcher because then the technicians won't walk all over them. (laughs) That's a great, that is a great point. Um, I love that perspective and your clarity around this. And I love how direct, I guess that's, that's what you get when you deal with people from Philly, that directness. Um, Chris, I'll let you roll into the next part of this. Well, you said awareness. Gosh, hang on a second. Jeez. I don't know what's going on. Um, you need to get tested. Uh, no, I'm good. I have, uh, you gotta be shitting me. Hang on a second. <laughs> My phone's ringing. Unbelievable. I turned it off. Uh, Google's listening. It was to me, me calling you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, oh, what you said, the word awareness. I think that was the, like a key word that I had heard there is, is maybe they're just not aware of what they're saying and how that's impacting the person. And it can be taught. I think that's kind of what I'm hearing you saying. And, and, and it made me think of something. <clears throat> um, we have a, uh, you know, a, a, I know we have a, um, oh gosh, I need to make sure I, I would choose my words wisely. We have an employee, an employee, a team member, um, who is, whose intent is great, super, uh, like methodical about everything, very much analytical and, um, and passionate about what, about what he or she might do. And, um, and once we made he or she aware that, Hey, the way you talk to somebody, um, comes across as a little disrespectful, a little harsh, a little, you know, mean, but it wasn't the intent. And so, and this is a, um, this is a man like, so, or a woman. Um, (laughs) so anyhow, it's actually, I'm seeing an impact as we've kind of made him aware or her aware of, the, uh, of this. And I've, it's been nice to see the change happening. So I did, I guess I'm on board with believing what, what you said that it, it can be changed. So, yeah. but it, I do, I do believe, like I'll say, 
you know, the best marketing strategy ever is to genuinely care. I think if you do genuinely care when you're on that call, um, you don't just get in the um, repetition of doing it over and over and over and over again. Like it becomes a habit of just picking up the phone and there's no emotion attached to it, which I can see how that can happen too, by the way. But this is where good coaching comes into play because you have the layer of accountability um, that you, as long as you have this genuinely care that you want to help and you can stay focused on that, like you said, put it on the mirror somewhere. It reminds you when you answer that phone, you look in the mirror, like, okay, I got to make sure you know, that I, you know, I'm empathetic to this person and I'm genuinely trying to fix the problem for them. It can be successful, but you still have to have that layer of accountability built in. And I think that's what happens. What I've seen a lot happen is somebody will bring in a coach temporarily and then they leave and it starts to fizzle back out and then they bring somebody back in again. And then it fizzles back out. You, you, you've, you, I'm sure you've come across that quite a bit. Absolutely. Because if you're going to train your people, you'd better train your leadership while you're at it. Because what you need to do is you need to create your own in-house coach for when your coach isn't there um, with your folks. But, you know, when it comes down, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a little nugget here just from operational days. And, and if any of the CSRs that worked uh, with me in the course of my career are hearing this, they're going to chuckle, but they would know if they saw me coming towards them, what was about to happen was that I heard them on the phone and I heard the tone of voice and I could hear that the smile had disappeared and that maybe the boredom had set in and maybe they were struggling to sound exciting. And I would take their chair. I would take their chair. I would come up behind them and I would just go, Hey, I need you to stand up. And I would take their chair. Right. Cause I mean, here's the thing. If you stand up, can you, how, how hard is it to stand up and be grouchy? Right. It, it, <laughs> you naturally like stand up. You're, you're right away. You're, you're going to smile, right? Like now, well, if Paul stands up, we won't, we don't want to see that view, Paul. So don't stand up. Pulse but, it back down. But, yeah. <laughs> Get your microphone. Never know whether not he's got pants on. Um, but yeah. So the fact of the matter is I would take their chair and, the minute that they would see me coming, once they realized what was going on, they would start smiling. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm still taking it. Like, you're still going <laughs> to give the chair up for a minute or two. Um, and and it became a game, but it, be, it became a way to get them to do the right behavior that ended up being fun. And they would end up then, in turn, doing it to one another from time to time. You would hear one CSR go, Tom's not here right now, but I'm going to take your chair. <laughs> just those few pieces of feedback are enough to have a pretty big impact on a contractor. Just fixing those few things. Did I hear that we have a call to listen to, to kind of go through this live, Chris? Is we that don't have here? a call to listen to, but like what I was saying, I, I thought we did, we did this one time with uncle Joe yeah. and we, you did the mock sales call with him, which was amazing by the way. I still love that. So one of my, I don't remember which podcast episode that was, but if you, Go back to uh, Uncle Joe's first podcast episode. Him and Tall Paul did a mock um, sales call, and it got intense. It got it was pretty. It, it was fantastic. So you have to. Go and it was that. authentic too. It like authentic. I truly, I went into that conversation with a chip on my shoulder, thinking that I would overcome any tactic. You weren't going to be sold. No, and yeah. I was still making payments monthly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Auto what boy, it was. Uncle Joe. I thought I thought it would uh, shout out to Uncle Joe, um, but the I thought it'd be kind of cool to do that again if you guys if you if you're game because I mean, for somebody who's listening it might be good just to I mean it, heck I mean, sure. there's CSRs that are li- that listen to the podcast I know because they reach out so but maybe we'll just do a quick a quick little mock you know mock run through of it 
Just Ooh, who, who gets to be the customer? Uh, you can be the customer, Paul. I can be the homeowner. All right, great. Oh, we're going to love this. Yeah, TJ's yeah. the CSR here. Okay. Yeah, now, now, Paul, let's just set the record. Are you going to be that guy, or are you going to be that guy? <laughs> I guess you're going to find out. You're going to have to answer the phone, TJ. <laughs> ring, ring, <laughs> ring, ring. It's a great day at Rhino Still Home ringing. Services. <laughs> <laughs> Still ringing. All right, um, let's start this again. Chris, ring the phone. <laughs> ring, ring. It's a great day at Rhino Home Services. This is Tom. How may I help you today? Uh, yeah. Um, hey, I'm sorry, Tom. Did you say Rhino Home Services? That is correct. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking for Morris Jenkins, but I just clicked on the, it must have been an ad. Uh, do you guys do heat and air? We sure do. Okay. Um, I'm glad it's a great day there. It's not a great day here. Um, you, actually, according to you guys installed this system in my new house, um, just prior before, I guess before I moved here. Anyways, the thermostat's not working. It's like 80 in here. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know how much you charge to come out. My heavens, Paul, I'm so sorry to hear that. You did say your name was Paul, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. Paul, uh, when did you notice this start happening? I just got home. It's five o'clock. It could have been happening yesterday, but I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I have a lot going on. Paul, let me just, it's probably, and now that I think about it, it was probably, it was probably Monday. What it, it was probably Monday, but I didn't really notice it. Okay. So yeah. let me get or, just a little bit of information. Let me get just a little bit of information from you so that I can help you as quickly as possible. Great. Paul, what's the address where you're located? Uh, one, two, three Elm street. Okay. One, two, three Elm street. And what town is that in Paul? Um, it's in Plano, but, um, if you look up on Google, it's Allen, but I don't, I don't okay. really identify with Allen. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but it's probably, I guess it, yeah, it's Plano. And Paul, in case we might happen to get disconnected, what's the best number to reach you back? 555. Five, five. Five, five, five. Wow, that's easy to remember. Great job. You got lucky on that one. Um, yeah. And Paul, what's your last name for our records? It's Redmond. Okay. First name Tall, second name Paul. And is that, that spelled just like it sounds? Redman, R-E-D-M-A-N? Like the tobacco or, or the wrapper? Perfect. Now, Paul, you said the thermostat is not working. Is it blank? Is it blinking? What What does it seem to be doing? It's just you? not. I mean, it. it's just not working. It says it's 80, and um, I don't hear anything outside with the unit. So, okay. How much so is the, the trip charge? Yeah. Is the trip charge? How much is the trip charge? It's a great question, Paul. Let me get just a little bit more information, and then I'll be able to um, let you know how we can help you best. Fair enough. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. So Paul, you said this was installed by us. Let me look in that, uh, address for you right quick. And I do see here that we installed that, um, looks like two and a half years ago. Does that sound correct to you? Yep. That's right. Okay. I didn't like that. You're and fake I'm writing looking at all. Are you really writing or fake writing? No, I'm really writing. I'm sorry. Back in character. I didn't mean to break character. Good. Sorry, it's 80 degrees um, in here, sir. <laughs> yes, I apologize for Chris. He he sometimes interrupts people. Um, so two, you said two and a half years ago it was installed. Have you had any maintenance or anything done? But you said you just moved in. When did you move in? Uh, about a year ago. A year ago. Okay. Let's do this, Paul. Let me go ahead and get you on the schedule to get somebody out there. 
we're going to have our technician come out and take a look at it. If it's something that would be covered under our warranty that would have been taken care of, you know, under a maintenance or something like that, then what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll try to get you onto our uh, membership plan. What that does is that's going to give you um, a preventive maintenance visit each year for your heating, a preventive maintenance visit each year for your cooling. And then it's also going to give you a discount on things when they do happen. Now, that said, the system may or may not also have certain things under warranty. And I can't answer that here from the office. So it's best for me to have a technician set eyes on it to see what the what, how we can serve you in the most economical way. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So let me go ahead and get a technician out there. Now, when he gets there, he'll go over information with you on the service plan. And you can choose either take advantage of the service plan or we do have just a small $79 trip charge that you would have if you didn't want to move forward with the service plan. Got it. So that if I do the service plan, I don't have to pay for the trip charge for him to come out? That's correct. Got it. And the service plan's on the website? That is correct, but he'll also bring information for you to look at once he's there. Good. So let me just confirm some information I have here, Paul. You said you're at 123 Elm Street in Plano. It's really Allen, but you don't identify well with Allen. 555-555-5555. And then lastly, Paul, we also do plumbing and electrical. Do you have a need for either of those services today? Uh, true story. My wife has been asking me to fix some drains. Mm -hmm. Our sink isn't draining appropriately. If you guys okay. could look at that, that'd be awesome. So more than happy, what I'll do is I'll send one of our cross-trained technicians to your home, and he'll be able to take a look at both things for you while he's there. He's just going to bring some Drano. <laughs> I've done that. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not bringing Drano. I'm kidding. So, all right. All right. Paul, uh, there. That's good. So, I mean, that I'm was kind of crappy. So but uh, Nope. You know what? It, here's what the best part of it is. At the very beginning of the call, you – showed empathy by just feeling bad for me that I was having a bad day. You weren't treating it as like, Hey, we get 150, no cooling calls. Um, I good, ex good example of this. I had to replace, or I had to do foundation work when I lived in Texas and I had like a 48 hour period of time. I had to make a decision. I'm calling all these foundation places. And the one that got my business, the lady answered. And when I explained to her what I needed, she just stopped and said, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. You're going through this. So and I was like, so, oh, thank you. I'm moving. <laughs> it's a foundation. It's $10,000. And at that point, it didn't even matter the price because yeah. it was, and I never met them. I never saw the technician. I was out of town when they did the work. I paid 10 grand for it. And it was probably the best customer experience I've ever had. So, um, good job. Yeah. Thank you. See, a lot of like, the vast majority make a decision based off of an emotion, right? How do you make me feel? How do you make me feel? Um, well then I love putting you on the spot like that. Like just so you know, listeners, we did not give him like this heads up on, we talked about it, uh, doing it, but the, the, the whole scenario was not discussed. So I love it. So TJ, thanks for playing along, brother. Appreciate it. Um, now for the sake of time, cause we're getting close to the end of the podcast. I need to go through a couple more questions, but one is, let, can you let our listeners know what's, um, something that they, if, if they're on the fence about hiring a coach and train, is there like. Um, is there like one thing you would share for them to kind of make them think one way or the other? Like, wh what is it that, that, uh, you know, that if they're on the fence that they could, you know, you know, think about to hire a coach and trainer or coach or a trainer? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so really, I'm going to give you two things. One is what got you here won't get you there. So unless you're changing something, you're not going, you're not going to get out of the situation that you're in with the same thinking that got you into it. 
So you're going to have to seek some other method, whether that's a different employee, whether that's training for yourself, whatever it might be. Um, and then number two, it's this, and, and, and this is, this is from my heart. And so this is one of those things where this might hurt feelings, but I'm going to go back to my operational days. When I was a GM, I could say things until I was purple and people didn't want to listen to me. Now I can go into some of those same businesses with the title of a coach. And I say the exact same things that I was saying as a GM. And all of a sudden now it's like this amazing breakthrough epiphany bit of information that, that is just the greatest thing they've ever heard. And so sometimes you just need that outside source to communicate things for your team to be able to hear it because it's not the same noise they hear every day. It's like when you coach your kids at some point, they don't, they don't want to hear you anymore, but they'll listen yeah. to their coach. Correct. Can you tell them to brush their teeth? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Don't get me started on that conversation. My, my soon to be 11 year old. Uh, hey, listen, I've got a little girl who brush her teeth all the time. She's got seven cavities. She's six. She brushes her teeth like three times a day, and she's still got cavities. I don't know. And she's got just, gaps in her teeth. I don't know how the hell that happens. Okay. Because she's too sweet. Derailed. Derailed again. Um, did I cut you off, or were you done? No, I'm done. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so we've got like a few minutes left here, too, and I'm going to close out with a couple things. But one, um, again, you know, thanks for sharing all the information. I know you got a bunch of experience, and, and there's significantly more to all this, so we're trying to squeeze it all in in a quick you know, 50, 55-minute uh, podcast. But, um, you know, the reason we brought, you know, Ryan, I brought you on board was a few things. One, I genuinely believed, based on what I heard from all the people when I was vetting you out, going to customers you've worked with and asked them, that, you're the guy to build this thing out because you genuinely care about helping these guys grow or gals grow their businesses. So you help me close the loop. So selfishly, it's great to have you on the team because now when I find, you know, Hey, we're running these effective digital marketing campaigns for them and, and you, whether it's the CSRs are on point, but for some reason they're not finding like they're not, um, maybe they got their you know, P and L they don't know how to read their P and L's right. Or, think they do, but don't know, like whatever. I genuinely believe that you're going to build uh, you and you're going to build a team here that helps solve that problem for them too, because that's how, where my heart is, is I genuinely want to help solve problems and help these customers grow. These contractors grow. That's why I'm in the game. That's why we do this podcast. Like all this goes together. But what I really loved about you was you stood um, strong. You were convicted about the servant leadership style that I also agree with taking that into coaching and training. And because we're a digital marketing company that tracks everything, we decided we're going to call this particular service traction. Okay. I you like got to gain it. traction. So you, you got to make sure that you have good traction in order for race cars to go fast on pavement. Uh, you got to have good traction. So why let the listeners know, like if, you know, when we roll, I'm not sure what type, what day we're going to roll this particular podcast out, but we've kind of are holding this particular offering to um, a handful of contractors first to essentially vet it, vet it out, and then we're going to release it to the masses. But why would someone choose traction? So there'd be a few reasons, right? Number one is they've already seen, if there's somebody that's already a Rhino client, they've already seen the way that that the organization operates. And so I'll kind of echo what you shared is there's a reason that I chose to come to Rhino instead of one of the other choices that I had. And the biggest reason um, in transparency is 
is the people, right? It's you and Anna and, and the rest of the team here that as the organization has grown, as the organization has scaled, it has not changed who they are. And that's really, really important to me because success can change people and not in a good way. And so I don't want to ever be a part of that again. I don't want to get into a situation where growth and scale starts to happen and vision starts to get skewed and, you know, revenue starts to become the primary focus rather than the service that delivers the revenue. Um, that's just really important to me. Number two is, it's going to sound cliche, but I care. Um, I treat every one of these businesses as though I was uh, like the GM or a partner in the business and really seek to understand what they desire, what they're struggling with, how can we help them get to the next step. If I don't know, because let's be honest, there's no coaching organization out there that has all the answers. I care enough to go find the answers or point them in a direction to someone who I know will help them. Um, and then lastly, it's, it's the, what I'm going to call the non cookie cutter, non vanilla approach. So most organizations, most coaching groups that I know of, they're going to have a bunch of tools in a toolbox or in a cave or whatever it is you might want to call it. And they're going to have all these tools and you're going to ask a question there and go, Oh, well, that's in the, in the information center, go ahead and get it. Well, if you knew how to do that, you would have done it. Very, very few people can, can take access to that type of stuff and just go self-manage and go through it. They, they either don't know what to use or don't know why to use it or maybe when to use it or what to use it for. So do we still have all that stuff? 100%. Chris, you've seen the drive I created for coaching. There is a ton of resources, but those resources are going to be brought up and handed out as they're needed versus me telling you to go sift through them. Um, so it's really that relationship and that partnership. And as we grow and scale and add people, the focus is going to be finding other people who genuinely care, who have been there, who have done it, not somebody who just read it in a book, not somebody who maybe was a flash in a pan and had some success for a year, because there's a lot of that going on in our industry right now. Um, but somebody who is empathetic, who's invested in the industry and giving back <laughs> and has empathy. And has empathy. Well, the, <laughs> the the empathy thing, I think it's just one of those things where we naturally find it, right? Paul's on here right now. I'm on here. You're on here. There's no, uh, you can't deny the fact that there are three empathetic people on the, on the line. And so I do think we sort of kind of trap that when we want to. Yeah. I, I remember just, you know, over the years, Chris has been obsessed with the tiny hole in the boat. Right. And the boat has gotten bigger over the years, but the whole is losing calls, not converting, not booking, not maximizing, not creating a great customer experience. So I'm excited for all, all of your clients that are going to get to um, kind of put a hole in the boat. So um, to wrap this up, because I know we've probably went over on time, um, if you could sum up your coaching in just a phrase or a quote, how would you close it out? What would you how would you describe your coaching? Um, so I would go to a quote from uh, Rick Charlesworth. Rick Charlesworth was a, a an Australian um, cricket coach, and his coach was this. Uh, his his quote was this: the The funny thing about coaching is that you have to trouble the comfortable and comfort the trouble. I like and it. And, 
And so that just really resonates with me. Um, if you're overly comfortable and you're thinking like you've got it licked, you definitely need a coach. And if you're feeling like the walls are crashing down around you and things are just hopeless, you need a coach too. Um, I like it. I love that's it. what I would say. Complacency has no vacancy. Oh, bank it. Hey, we you just add make that, that to a quote. Yeah. Complacency has no vacancy. So I listen, I'm trying to wrap I have my a mind half around that. I have a halftime speech myself. Um, no, I agree with you. So thank you so much. Cause that was something that was important to me is I am, I do not believe in cookie cutter approaches to anything. And even though we are, we've been in the same industry 14 years now, work with the same customers, not all HVAC companies are created equal. Not all plumbing companies are created equal. There are differences to each and every one of them, right? It may be minor differences, but there's differences. So the custom approach is how we roll. And this is an exact fit. Now there's tools that we use, but it's based on what that particular person needs at that time as well, or that company needs at that time. And the second piece is reputation over revenue always. So listeners, that's applicable everywhere. Reputation over revenue. I promise you, if you do what's right, you, you do what's right, not just for your you know, client fulfillment, but do right for your employees, help them get better. The whole thing is going to make, is going to really set the tone for your reputation or maintain your good reputation. And if you do those things, revenue will follow. It helps your brand. It helps everything. But um, that's what we're attempting to do here. Like Paul's saying, it's, you know, I have this need to want to solve problems. And the sucky part is, is I can't solve all the problems, but I'd certainly try to find whatever solutions I can, whether that be through partnerships or hiring employees or building out that service or that particular product offering, because I genuinely care, TJ. I'm trying to solve a problem on behalf of the contractor, the industries that, I love Paul. Amen. That's why I'm here. Well, I'm excited for you guys, Chris, we better wrap this thing up and do you want to close it out? Like we always do. Do you want to read the most recent five-star review or shall I? I I would love to Paul. Thank you. You This is from Caroline Caroline. in the PHX, which would be Phoenix. And this says excellent information on every episode exclamation point. I agree. I highly highly recommend this podcast for business owners of all kinds, even outside of the home services industry. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, Chris and Paul, along with a fantastic variety of guests, deliver deliver helpful information on marketing, growth strategies, and how to manage teams of all sizes. Well worth listening and subscribing. Caroline, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And listeners, we appreciate you. Hopefully you got some good nuggets that you get to take away and implement. And listen, if you have any uh, any um, follow-up questions for TJ, TJ, share your email or your phone number if you'd like to, and that way they can reach out to you directly. Absolutely. So you can reach me at T Hartnett. It's T-H-A-R-T-N-E-T-T at rhinoss.com, R-Y-N-O-S-S.com. And I'll throw the phone number out there just for the heck of it. It's 215-272. 9036, but please be kind. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people are going to email you first anyhow, but thanks for sharing. Listen, I can't help, but you got heart in heart net. It was meant to be. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> all right, listeners. Hey, we appreciate you all so much. And again, please don't forget to subscribe if you haven't, then you get these things sent to you automatically. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff too. Um, and then check out the YouTube channel as well, where if you want to see any of the guys that we're talking to or see tall Paul look ridiculous as he does, um, or why he has a face for radio, you can go on YouTube and see those things. But we are appreciative of all the likes and the, and the, and the comments and the reviews and please leave reviews and share this with somebody, find an episode, 
share it with someone and, and hopefully it impacts them as well. And you were the one that brought that to them. So until next time, we'll see you.